when I was in fifth grade, a uh, word was introduced to me that, that I remember was a very, for some reason or another, I don't remember why exactly, I was kind of young, um, was very emphasized. It was something that, that the teachers in public school really wanted to enforce uh, and something that they really wanted to, uh, to kind of underscore, even though I personally didn't really understand why. Um, and that word was diversity. It was a word that, that was something that was deeply, deeply kind of ingrained in us from the beginning, this kind of notion that we all need to have uh, diversity and that we're all different and that we all need to be accepted. Uh, personally, I kind of liked the idea of it until, uh, you know, I, hey, look, I'm different, you know, and I told, uh, I told dad, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not like you. I, you know, I don't like to work and I don't like to do my homework and I don't like to study, so you, maybe you should just accept me for the way I am. Didn't go so well. That's probably why I don't like diversity that much. Uh, that's, that's why I didn't at the time. You know, this kind of idea of like, I'm different, so accept me, love me, appreciate me, I'm different. That seemed to be at least the idea that was enforced to me in, in public school, kind of this, this, this notion of uh, diversity. And kind of the, the more I, I, I lived, the more I began to see diversity play out. And the more I began to appreciate the value of diversity under very specific contexts. You see, diversity is a phenomenally beautiful thing under very specific contexts. Uh, it is not something that is a universal good. It is not something that's a universal bad. It is something that is good in certain contexts and bad in others. Today's day and age, the term diversity is one of the most enforced, driven, kind of ex like proclaimed terms in the history of mankind, in the history of mankind these days, and yet, we as a society find ourselves more and more divided than ever before, even though we're here and to be appreciative of diversity. So what's the answer? I mean, clearly we are different, but how do we reconcile our differences and actually work together? And I think you can look into the scriptures and find the answer. You see, in the scriptures, mankind was one. At least that's how it all started. Adam, Eve, descendants, everybody was all getting along just fine. You know, they were, they were banished from Eden, of course, they didn't have paradise anymore, but for the most part, they were all united. Uh, and then something happened. They all decided to come together for a purpose. And you know what that purpose was? To build a tower. To build a giant tower to attempt to summit heaven. A tower so that they could become like God. And in their pursuit of becoming more and more and more like God, in their pursuit of never-ending power, they built a tower indeed. And they were brutally scattered to the ends of the earth. That tower was known as the Tower of Babel. And it was because of the Tower of Babel that mankind became diverse that languages were spoken differently throughout the world. It's the reason why there are different languages, why everybody has a different tongue, even though genetically and scientifically, we all come from one man and one woman. It's because we all came together to pursue something 
that didn't belong to us to pursue divinity. And that happens time and time again in civilization. We come together for the wrong reasons to pursue power. And ultimately what happens, we, the, the scriptures are fulfilled. In his riches, man lacks wisdom. He is like the beasts that are destroyed. Whenever we become more and more and more immersed in technology, we become, to be, we come, we become seduced by it. This happened to the Babylonians. This happened to the Persians. This happened to the Romans. I would argue it's probably happening to us with this whole innovation of AI technology, this, this drive to kind of create God and to basically, basically replace mankind. It's a very common thing. And it's ultimately led to the birth of diversity. A, whole, a lot of differences. Basically a whole lot of division. And from what it looks like, it, it looks like under these contexts, diversity was a very bad thing. Diversity was a very, very bad thing. But if there's anything that Scripture teaches us, if there's anything that life teaches us, if there's anything that God looks to teach us, He always takes a bad thing and turns it into something great. He uses these wicked instances, these wicked examples, and transforms them into something mighty. And the perfect example, of course, is the cross. But another great example is the feast day that we celebrate today. The feast day that you and I celebrate today is second only to Easter, Pentecost, the birthday of the church. And in Pentecost, we see the curse of Babel overcome by the working of the Holy Spirit, by the working of God himself. We see diversity, but we also see unity. And we see the purpose, and we see why God allowed diversity in the first place. Not so that we could all pursue our own individual goals and become like God. Not so that we could pursue our own egos, but so that we can work together as one body. You see, that's what, this, that's what this whole first reading is all about. You have these disciples, these broken, weak, confused, lost disciples who had just lost our Lord and Savior to the heavens, wondering what's going to happen. And what do they do? They come together and they pray. They pray a novena, which means they pray for nine days in an upper room. And can you imagine the confusion they may have felt? Can you imagine wondering what's the purpose? Can you imagine wondering what's behind all this? They were so lost and so desperate, they brought in the big guns. They brought in Mary and all gathered with her and prayed with her. And it was right then, at that moment, on the ninth day, that something happened. That something happened with these people. That something happened with their hard, dry, wooden hearts. God set them on fire. And that fire went to the ends of the earth. Beginning that day, beginning on Pentecost. You see what happened? These men received these tongues of fire and they went out and they began to preach and preach and preach and then something happened, something phenomenal. They began to speak the languages of all of these different, these different basically nationalities, Parthians, Medes, Alamites, Pontus, Asia, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, all these crazy terms. All these crazy nationalities that we've never heard of. But they spoke their language. 
They spoke every single one of them. It'd be like, it'd be like if, if, you know, if, I, if I went to the Philippines and I started being able to speak every single dialect in the Philippine whole kind of country. It'd be a miracle. Because there's just so many. It was, it was the exact same way in the Middle East at that time. Here they are speaking all of these different languages. Now you might be wondering, Father, you know, I got confirmed. I got the Holy Spirit. But I failed my Spanish class. Why can't I seem to get this gift? Why can't I seem to be able to speak all these different languages? What's going on? Good question. I'm glad you brought it up. The reason and the beauty of that and the beauty of this very image is a foreshadowing of the church. Basically, what do we call the church? What are we? We are Catholic. But what does Catholic mean? Catholic comes from the Greek word Catholica, which means universal. Which means, ultimately, to kind of tie it all together, from the birth of the church, it was universal. It spoke a language that was able to touch the heart of every single human being, no matter what their diversity was, no matter what their nationality was, to bring them together on one united front to pursue God. Not to become and basically grab at God, but to receive. God, to receive divinity, much like we receive the Eucharist at every Mass. My friends, that's the beauty of Pentecost. That's what Pentecost is all about, where we take people from all different nationalities and come together all in the name of God, all in the name of the Lord. And that's the beauty of it all. You see, my friends, you can have diversity. You can have unity. But you don't have these things by preaching diversity and by preaching unity. You have these things by pursuing something greater. Something more beautiful. Something mightier than just us. Something mightier than you and me. We see diversity and unity all the time in all kinds of different facets. In good and in bad. But here, ultimately, the only way where we can have lasting diversity and lasting unity is through the church. My friends, there's been time and time again where civilizations who've been exceptionally powerful, ideologies who've been exceptionally powerful, have collapsed time and time again, even though they were united, even though they were diverse, have continually collapsed. Why? Because they were not of God. But the church is the church is of God, and that's the beauty of this whole thing. My friends, how do we have unity? How do we have diversity? We have it by one word, and that is mission. By having a mission, we all have a purpose. We all come together, and that purpose is not to simply come to Mass and smile at the priest on the way out, although I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. That purpose is not simply to eat and to live. That purpose is to set the world on fire like the apostles did today, 2,000 years ago. Set the world on fire, not with physical flame, but with spiritual flame by speaking to the heart of every single mankind, every single person. So my friends, I want to encourage us to go out today and speak truth. 
Speak the truth in Jesus Christ. Let the world know by our actions, by our deeds, by our words, that the Lord himself has risen and that we too can have unity, that we too can have diversity, all in the name of him who lives. Amen.